We welcome you to another live edition of the Sports Box, brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And by our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and check them out at www.crowdplayapp.com for details. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome to Cage My IQ. As always, I'm your host, D-Bake, and as always, joining with me is my co-host, Jim. How's it going, Jim? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Still recovering a little bit from from the weekend. We had some great fights. I had a blaster party that I had, but now just getting ready uh, for another week of fights. How yeah. about yourself? Uh, it's same, man. No bachelor party, but uh, <laughs> you know, recovering from UFC 263, which was amazing. Looking forward to these fights, which uh, are going to be great too. I don't know if they're going to be you know legendary like this past yeah. weekend, but these are going to be great fights. Exactly. But today we will be uh, previewing UFC Vegas 29, which is headlined by Chen Sung Jung, a.k.a. the Korean Zombie, going up against Dan 50K Ige, which yep. is going to be a great matchup in itself. But uh, before we get started with that, I just want to do the plugs for everybody out there. Of course, we are Cage My IQ, the best place for MMA content. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to the handles to the left. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have over 110 subscribers right now, shooting for 200. So definitely check out our YouTube uh, channel with the preview and review uh, content as well as our interviews. Uh, if you like MMA, Cage by Q is the place to go to for MMA content. So check it out. And then with us, we have three sponsors on on Q with us right now. The first one is 99 Jersey. Uh, it's the number one shop at boutique sportswear in the U.S. Whether it's football, baseball, or basketball, 99 Jersey has you covered. Use promo code SPORTSBOXSHOW20 at checkout to receive 20% off your next purchase. And don't forget to let them know that we sent you. Once again, that's www. Dot 99jersey.com and use promo code SportsBoxShow20 at checkout. Our second one is Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the best place to learn how to make risk-free bets on sports. They have the arbitrator calculator, and you can find the best line to choose from to make the smartest bet around. Just go to the link in our bio to get signed up to Odds Jam so you never lose a bet again. Once again, Go to the link in the bio, sign up so you never lose a bet again. And lastly, we have High Tide Herbal. The owners are coaches and athletes who started this company to help athletes with wellness and recovery. All the products have CBD in them, and the goal with High Tide is to create an environment with conscious products that generate results. Go to www.hightideherbal.com and use promo code CAGEMYIQ10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. Once again, that's CAGEMYIQ10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. That's we a mouthful. Got, it is. <laughs> but let's, let's, let's dive right into UFC Vegas 29 right now. The first fight we have on this card is a matchup between Diego Lima and Matt Brown, which is a watchweight matchup. 
Matt Brown is 24 and 18. He's the plus 145 underdog. And then you got Diego Lima, who is 17 and 8, and is the minus 170 favorite. What do you see in this matchup? Well, let's start with Diego Lima. Um, I don't. Diego isn't going to knock you out, uh, but it does have the power. He's more than likely going to keep the distance using his jab while looking for a chance to get a takedown and then try to lock in one of his go-to submissions. Recently, he, um, he's been going the distance long, uh, more often than not. Uh, his one glaring weakness has been his chin, uh, with him being knocked out four times in the past. But something worth noting is that since returning to UFC, he hasn't been knocked out. I don't see him getting knocked out in this one, which brings me to Matt Brown, who is a well-rounded fighter with 14 KO and six submission wins, but is most known for his knockout power. Uh, he uses his elbows extremely well in the clinch. Just go back and look at that fight with Diego Sanchez, uh, and, but is susceptible to being taken down. He's been submitted 10 out of his 18 losses where he's given up his neck and has been choked out all 10 times. So he's not going to get you, you know, you're not going to get caught in an arm bar. Um, he's not going to get caught in like, you know, Oma Plata and stuff like that. He's going to get choked. His jiu-jitsu is good with a brown belt, but he could have trouble going up against Diego Lima if this fight goes to the ground. Um, I expect Matt Brown to actually work from the distance and do most of his work in the clinch, get Diego up against the cage, work on some dirty boxing, utilize his elbows. Um, I'm surprised with the, the odds in this one. I thought it was going to be much closer than it was, and I actually thought that Matt Brown was going to be the favorite. Uh, which is why I went with Matt Brown. I'm going Matt Brown by decision. I think he's going to be a. It's going to be a rough week for the Lalima brothers. Yeah, definitely. If you if you didn't see it on Friday, his brother Douglas uh, lost his uh, uh, championship to uh, Yaroslav Amosov in a basically a one sided uh, affair, and then Amosov became the first Ukrainian to win a major title. Yeah. But uh, to start off with Diego Lima, he, he's Brazilian. He's fighting out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's 31 years old, 171 pounds. He's 6'2 with a 77-inch reach. He fights out of America top team, Atlanta. Then you got Matt Brown, who is fighting out of Cincinnati, Ohio. He's 40 years old, 171 pounds, 6' foot with a 76-inch reach. And then he fights out of strong style, Fight team and Immortal Martial Arts Center. So he has two gyms that he fights out of. Uh, with Diego Lehman, he has a Muay Thai background. He loves to throw the counter left hook. And one thing that he does is he sort of telegraphs at that left hook too much. So if Matt Brown can game plan right, he should be able to uh, telegraph it and counter it. Then uh, Lima likes to throw leg calf kicks. That's going to be a thing that might help him out in his matchup. His takedown defense is really good on the first attempt, and then it gets a little bit worse afterwards. Uh, it gets the first attempt, but then he kind of gets a little bit lazy afterwards. He tends to have low volume, and he has a suspect chin, but he has he does have the power on his side, okay. which he can use. Whereas Matt Brown, he has the basic stand-up style. He uses a straight right hand and then an elbow. He's very flat-footed and struggles against the leg kicks, which is why I said that could be Lima's go-to in this matchup. Matt likes to clinch and change levels to get his opponent down. And his cardio has been pretty decent. It's not great, but it's not good. But I feel like in his matchup, I feel like Matt Brown's going to be able to get the the clinch and get yeah, get the takedowns pretty easily. He's going to do that to avoid the leg kicks because I feel like 
Liam is going to do a lot of leg kicks to do damage to him, and it's going to hurt uh, Matt Brown. But I think early on it's going to happen, and it's going to lead to the clinch. And I think that's where Liam is going to struggle. You saw his brother struggle against the the takedowns with the Amosov. That's a different story. But I think his brother's better than him with defending them. And I could see this being a, a unanimous decision victory by uh, Matt Brown. But don't be surprised that if uh, if it might be a split decision because of those leg kicks. Because I feel like those are going to do damage and slow down Matt Brown. And then a guy at his age, uh, he, he shouldn't be taking too much of those leg kicks unless he, he knows how to defend him. But I got... Matt Brown by unanimous decision. Nice. Uh, I think, well, I agree with you 100%. I think the leg kicks are going to play a factor, and whether or not Brown checks them is going to be the the, one of the deciding factors in this fight. The other one is the clench, like you said. Whoever can get their opponent have to have their back on the cage is going to win this fight. I think because they're both tall guys, and once you cut their cage and you put them on their you know the back heel against the end of the cage it's really hard to kind of set up those punches, especially a really good counter left or that jab. It's really hard to, you know, find your range there when you're kind of boxing in a phone booth. So uh, I, I'm with you, man. I'm going to go with uh, Matt Brown. I was surprised when you when you picked Matt Brown, but I'm happy. Yep. But let's move on to the second fight in the fight card. We got a middleweight matchup between Wellington, Wellington Terman going up against Bruno Silva. Of course, in this matchup, these are uh, two new – Basically newcomers uh, to the UFC. Welton Thurman is 16-4. and four. He is the plus 120 underdog. And then Bruno Silva is 19-6 and six and is the minus 140 favorite. What do you see in this? Yeah, Wellington is a fighter who is going to try to take your back and choke you out. Uh, he's going to hunt the neck to lock in a rear naked choke or D-team. He has knockout power but hasn't knocked anybody out since 2016. He's going to keep distance and try to get the fight to the cage to work in the clinch to either take the back or get a takedown and work from gra- uh, from the ground. The real question going into this fight is how is his cardio going to be? He's had health issues involving a bout with COVID or following a bout with COVID in September and then having pneumonia in February. So both really kind of zap your lungs. You're not going to have the best cardio. So if he's coming in with you know suspect cardio to begin with, his cardio could be majorly affected in this. Uh, so the health issues may affect all that cardio. With Bruno Silva, he's coming in making his UFC debut and is also fighting for the first time in two and a half years after a USADA suspension. He's coming in riding a four-fight four win streak and is a knockout artist who is going to move forward and try to get the fast KO. His takedown defense is suspect, and he's going up against a skilled grappler. He has been submitted five out of the seven losses. He's going to go up against a fighter who specializes in choking his opponent out, so he's going to need to be the aggressor and not get his back to the cage. Just like we talked about Lima and Brown, if Silva's back is in the cage, it's game over, I think. Uh, but with that being said, I actually think newcomer Bruno Silva is going to knock out Wellington Terman. Uh, I'm going to say second round, he's going to knock him out, uh, and then this is going to be his ascent. Now, we'll see what happens with USADA after that, but uh, I'm going to go with the, the newcomer. Yeah, first off, we got uh, Walton Terman. He's from Brazil. He fights at uh, Caritiba Piranha, Brazil. He's 24 years old, 185 pounds. He's six foot with a 72 inch reach. He fights out uh, Guile Ribeiro, Team Jim. 
Then you got Bruno Silva, also from Brazil, and Curitiba Piranha, Brazil. He's 31 years old, 184 pounds. He's six foot with that unknown reach uh, on this, and then he fights out of he fights out Earl Carroll Thai MMA. Uh, you mean to tell me all these fights? He's what 19 and six. That yes. that says they don't know his reach. Who knows? Did he get? Did he grow halfway through? <laughs> you know some of his matches, and also like this is something kind of rare in MMA, right? You never see yeah. you. You more than likely don't see Brazil against Brazil, yeah. especially two guys from the same area exactly. who more than likely probably know each other or have trained with each other. It's, Cause, cause it's he, must be, he must be Cesar Ferrer from PFL where he just decides to go up a weight class and all of a sudden he looks big compared to yeah. what he did because he moved up. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. But first we got Terman. He has improved uh, his stand-up since the regional scene. Uh, he likes to throw combinations, especially their straight right into a left hook. And he forces his opponents backwards so he can attack with the with the clinch at the cage to get a takedown. That's one of his favorite things to do. Sometimes he telegraphs his sh- shots and takes too much damage. But he likes to use chain wrestling and grappling considering he has a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black, black belt. He needs to be more patient with his fighting uh, when he's fighting his opponent. He, he gets a little too aggressive. And he needs to just take his time. Uh, and then on the ground, he needs to uh, slow things up. But he tends to move between guards so fast. That that's why I'm saying he needs to like slow it down a little bit, take things in stride rather than change guards way too fast. Then you got Silva. He's a southpaw fighter who likes to fight on his front foot and use a jab on occasion. He throws a lot of kicks but needs to improve his throwing range to keep himself from being put in bad situations. Sometimes he throws wide and he's uh, and it puts him in a situation where the uh, opponent can counter him. He tends to stalk his opponents uh, and come after him too much. When he clinches with his opponents, he looks to throw knees to the body and an elbow to the face. He tends to overextend his shots and does not set his strike and it does not set up his striking and gets tired as the fight goes on. So basically, all in all, he needs to like take his time. He he rushes and he he tires himself out because he tries to go for the haymaker uh, way too much. But I feel like in this matchup, I think a good thing with with this is Bruno Silva's kicks. I think he's going to mix in those kicks. He's going to do damage to uh, uh, Thurman, and I feel like he, he is going to connect on one of those shots. I think uh, Thurman's going to come in too uh, battle-happy. He's going to rush things, and he's going to put himself in the line of fire. And with those leg kicks, it's going to slow him down. And I feel like he's going to run right into a, a overhand uh, shot by Silva. And I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with a, a second-round knockout by Bruno Silva. Well, you know, agreeing with me seems to be all right right now. I went 5-0 and yeah. last week, but this is a card where I feel like I'm going to go 0-6. Oh you know, this is one of those crazy cards where it could really go either way. You're absolutely right with Wellington being too quick on the, on the ground. Yeah. He doesn't let anything establish. You know, he goes half guard, full guard. You know, he's trying to fight for position when yeah. if he, you know, that BJJ Black Belt is he really good. You know, he's good at what he does, but he doesn't let anything set up. He doesn't want to set up things. He just wants to rush it. So that'll be interesting if they take this to the ground to see 
you know, if he can be patient, because Bruno's got some strength, man. He's a strong dude. So he yeah. might just be able to muscle out of it. So we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not surprised you went with me. You know, you're riding off that cage. My IQ, what, nine and one last week. So you know, it's, it's a good, good day. Yeah, I was about to say, don't knock me down too much because I went four and one. Yeah, the, uh, the open fight was the only one that I lost. And then if you've seen me on uh, Art of MMA uh, lately, I went seven and zero in that one. So, uh, like, I'm I'm doing good myself. But I give you the credit. You got five and zero. You were the champ for the week. And thank you, thank you. Uh, and then I give you all the props for that one. But uh, let's move on to the third fight on the card. We have a featherweight matchup between Dreen Arusa going up against Sungwoo Choi, uh, and a pretty good matchup, I, I think, that got added because the Tim Means and Danny Roberts fight got uh, knocked off because Roberts had the withdrawal for unknown reason so far. But we got uh, Dreen Arusa, who's twenty-five and nine. He's the plus one twenty underdog, and then you got Sungwoo Choi, who's nine and three, and is the Minus 140 favorite. What do you see with this one? Yeah, man, this fight is super interesting. If the main event wasn't Korean Zombie and Danny Gay, this could be an early sleeper for fight of the night. Uh, both of these guys like to move forward and throw hands. They have 17 knockout victories between them. Uh, the one thing that stands out is Julian's ground game. He has 11 submission victories and is comfortable working from the bottom. Julian also incorporates spinning and flying attacks, which which I expect him to use against another striker and, and Choi. I expect DeRosa to get this fight to the ground as well and go to work from the ground. So I'm going to keep it short because this is a late notice addition. Uh, I'm going with Julian DeRosa by uh, second round submission. I think he's going to take down Choi and he's going to submit him. Yeah, first we got Julian DeRosa. He is fighting out of uh, Yakima, Washington. He's 31 years old, 145 pounds. He's 6'1 with a 74 and a half inch reach. And he fights out of Yakima MMA gym. Then he got Sung Woo Choi, who fights out of Seoul, uh, South Korea. I almost said South Carolina there, but and the, but he fights out of Seoul, South Korea. He you is. Said it again. Yeah, almost. <laughs> He's 26 years old, 145 pounds, six foot with a 74 and a half reach. And he fights out of Mob Training Center. Uh, with the Rosa, he likes to change stances a lot and pressure his opponents. He throws from his hips with long arms on angles. He puts out a lot of volume over uh, over quality and tends to take in just as much uh, damage as he just dishes out. Rosa is active with the takedowns and has an underrated grappling game with effective submissions. He gets better as the uh, the fight goes longer, so he's going to look to uh, get the fight going. To the third round, uh, of course, so that he he starts to get going. Then you got Troy, who likes to use fundamental style boxing with jabs, and and he uses a straight right. He has quick movement while striking, and he has nice kicks added to his move set. Head his head tends to not move, so he he doesn't avoid shots. He's always on the line, where you want to move your head off the line to avoid shots. He doesn't do that, so. He t tends to take damage that way. He looks for trips to get takedowns and likes to defend takedowns as well. He tends to go into the clinch way too much rather than stand and strike. And then his cardio is really good, but he needs to improve his takedown defense in, in this matchup. 
But I feel like where this matchup uh, is going to be run is with the style of uh, Troy where he's going to go for the leg kicks and then for the takedown. I feel like Arus is kind of like a – I want to say a one-trick uh, pony, but it, all he does is he put, does volume and then switches his stance and then he puts himself into bad situations uh, where he, he can get knocked out or badly damaged. And I feel like with uh, Sung Woo Choi, I think he's going to do that. I think he's going to mix uh, mix up the striking with his leg kicks. He's going to look for to get the takedown. And I feel like it's either he's going to win by a uh, third round uh, ground and pound, or I feel like he's going to win by a unanimous decision. But for this one, I got Sung Woo, Sung Woo Choi in his matchup. Oh, the deciding factor of the night, it seems. I don't, you know, I disagree about the one trick pony with um, with Arosa. He's got eleven submission victories, man. You don't think he's gonna at least shoot for a takedown? Because this guy, you know, he's got twenty five victories, but he's what? He's got thirty one fights versus a guy who has twelve. He's gonna. I think Arosa is gonna learn from, you know, all the scouting reports for these guys and just say like, listen, we're gonna stand and bang as long as we can, and then I'm gonna change levels. I'm gonna take you down, and we're gonna put that takedown defense in your ground game to um, to test. So I'm excited that you went somewhere else with this and I went another direction because this could be the deciding one of the night. I think it we could. might be – I think we're going to be on the same page for the next three. Uh, maybe uh, not I, the next three. I'm, cu- I'm curious yeah. to see. I switched it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, afraid of the leg kicks by Troy. I don't know how Arosa is going to deal with those because I, I feel like he's not going to defend them as well. I yeah, feel like they're going to – He's good at catching them and sweeping. So that could be a, a big factor in there. It, it could. It could. He's just going to have to use his stance change in, uh, to yep. do that. I, I do feel like he could do that. I just feel like he's going to get popped in this one. I, I just have a feeling with that one. And yeah, he's not going to be. Yeah, and he's not going to want to get hit by uh, Sung Woo. So no, I will say that one. But uh, let's move on to the fourth fight on the card. My favorite fight on the card, uh, I would say, it's a bantamweight matchup between Marlon Cheeto Vera going up against Davy Grant, in which Marlon Vera is 16 7 and 1 and is the minus 210 favorite. And then you got Davy Grant, who's 13 and 4, is the plus 175 underdog. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, man, there's three fights on this main event that I think could be fight of the night. The last one we just talked about the main event, and then this one. Uh, this is a great matchup. Um, it's kind of a, re- it's a re- uh, rematch. Sorry, um, Cheeto is coming in trying to avenge his loss to Jose Aldo, probably the biggest opponent he's had to date. I think that that fight taught him a lot and how to change his game plan. I think he's going to come in and use his boxing and to keep Grant moving back to the cage. Grant, on the other hand, is going to come in to use light kicks and disguise the takedowns and throw Cheeto off his game. These two are evenly matched, very evenly matched. I'm surprised the numbers are where they are. And they both have good stand-up and a good ground game. But the last time these two faced off a few years ago, David Grant got the better of Cheeto Vera. Even though Cheeto has good boxing, he's been working with Jason Perillo. Uh, Grant is no slouch and has a great left hand. Uh, Grant is coming in on a three-fight win streak, and I believe he gets it done. I think he goes the distance again. This is going to be a, um, a unanimous decision. Davy Grant beats Cheeto Vera. Yeah, first off, we got uh, Marlon Vera. He's from Ecuador. He fights out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
He is 26 years old, 135 pounds, 5'8", 70 and a half inch reach, and he fights out Jackson Wink MMA gym. Then you got Davy Grant. He's from the United Kingdom. He fights out Bishop Auckland, England. He's 35 years old, 135 pounds. He is 5'8", with a 68-inch reach, and he fights out SBG Manchester Gym. In this matchup, Vera is a southpaw who tends to switch his stances and walk down his opponent. He has very nice leg kicks, as you saw in the Sugar Sean O'Malley fight, and he tends to attack his opponent's lead leg a lot. He has a strong Muay Thai background that he uses in the clinch, and he tends to knee his opponent when they come in right away. He tends to get behind on the judges' cards in some fights, but he's been able to manage with that in the past. Whereas Davy Grant has a kickboxing style and has a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He tries to control the pace of the fight. He does not check kicks and throws a bunch of kicks in itself. He tends to leave his hands low when fighting. Davy tends to shoot for takedowns, from far uh, from from far away, but he connects on her more than he misses. He is awkward at times on his feet. He has knockout power, which is crazy uh, high for a guy of his statue, and he takes too much damage uh, in fights. But he he does that to, to inflict more damage. He takes some in to get better shots, and I feel like in this matchup that's. It's going to be more the same with this one. You're going to have Cheeto Bear. He's going to attack the leg because he know, from the last fight, he knows he's going to be able to connect on a lot of leg kicks. And he's a guy that could be a bet and odd to get a submission victory over Davy Grant. But I just feel like with Davy Grant, like he just, to me, just matches up well against Marlon Vera with the kickbox. And he's going to be able to kick him as well as. Uh, get kicked. He, he's used to it. He, he takes damage, so he's going to be able to take it. I just feel like he has that knockout power. I don't see that in Vera. Vera's going to be more of like a volume guy, but I feel like even though Vera has never been knocked out, I feel like this could be the fight where he where where he gets where he gets knocked out. And I'm going to have this by third round knockout by uh, uh, David Grant. Wow, that is a bold prediction we need a segment on this show called dan's bold predictions uh, i always want to pull for for cheeto um when he was going up against sean o'malley you know people were like this is going to be the the fight that breaks cheeto into the mainstream and then he goes up against jose and he you know he has a you know a lackluster performance i always want to root for him and i'm rooting for him in this fight i don't think he wins though uh, I just, I'm with you, man. I'm surprised that you picked David. You were real high on Cheeto during your, you know, your scouting and your, your recap of his skills. And I'm like, oh man, he's, this is another decided fight, but yeah, man, back to back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I gotta go with David Grant, especially after yeah. his last fight where he looked like he was going to lose and he just duck under and knocked the guy out. So, you yeah. know, he's uh, an exciting I, fighter, David Grant. He is, and I, 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 I always feel like Cheetah Bears. He's always doing this. He like he's yeah. always teeter tottering with his fights, and I, I just don't feel like he's gonna get it done here. I could yeah, be his, wrong, but I feel like this is Grant's time. Yeah, his record indicates that that he's kind of up and down. Yep. 
but let's while. move on. Yep, but let's move on to the co-main event of the evening. This is kind of to me. This is kind of the, the most boring fight of the <laughs> of the main one card. To, easiest yes. one to pick. Easiest exactly. One. We got a heavyweight matchup, which pits Alexei Olenek going up against Sergey Spivak, where Olenek uh, is fifty-nine, fifteen, and one is the plus one ninety underdog going up against Spivak, who is twelve and two as the minus two thirty favorite. What do you see in this matchup? The same everybody sees. Uh, first, you see that Olenek has more losses than Spivak has fights, uh, yeah. which is amazing. I mean, this guy's been fighting forever, and he's going to work this fight until he can get it to the ground and take Spivak's back. Uh, he's coming in uh, the loser of his last two fights and has really struggled against strikers as of late. I expect him to work from distance and shoot for takedowns and try to get the sub. That's his game plan in every fight, and it's not going to change in his, you know, his 78th fight. Um, Sergey is coming in riding a two-fight win streak. He moves well and uh, is good on the ground. So, you know, throw out that game plan for Olenek. He's only gone to the judges two times and has never been submitted. So that's worth noting. Uh, he's going to come in aggressive and look for the knockout. Uh, I think his speed and power uh, is going to be the best, uh, get the best for uh, Alexei. And I think he knocks him out in the first. I think Sergey is going to knock him out first round, kind of like that... Um, was a Kyle Dawkins fight yeah. Chris Dawkins, uh, one of the Dawkins brothers, uh, just went in and just really went to work on him. Uh, I like Alexi, but this kind of goes back to what we talked about in 263 with Damian Maya. The game is evolving. The, the opponents are evolving. And Sergey's a big boy, but he moves fast. He moves like a lightweight. Um, and I think the polar bear, Sergey Spivak, is going to get this win and make easy work of Alexi. Talk about nicknames. You got the boa constrictor going up against the polar bear. You can't, I, you can't beat that it. one. Love it. Two but, apex predators. Uh, exactly. But first, you got Linux. He's from Russia. He fights out of Moscow, Russia. 43 years old, up there in age. He's 240 pounds, 6'2", with an 80 inch reach. And he fights out of Rus Fighters MMA. And then. Alexei Olenek MMA school. I like how he spells it differently with that. But then you got Sergey Spivak, who is from Moldova. He fights out of Moldova as well. He's 26 years old, 245 pounds. He's 6'3", with a 78-inch reach. And then he fights out Polar Bear Team Jim. That's that's the best gym ever and uh, name. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, and, but first you got Alexei Linick. He throws wide shots and looks for the clinch at the throne. Crazy hooks. He's very flat footed and is oddly effective that way. He's very aggressive after takedowns and is strong and looks for submissions and passing guards. He's his grappling is his strength and he's dangerous in all spots on the mat, especially with his reversals. He has bad cardio now being 44, uh, almost 44, and he takes too much punishment. He's basically a submission specialist at the at this point in his career. Then you got Spivak, who has improved striking uh, that each fight has shown, gotten a lot better. So it wasn't that great, and then up to now, now it's starting to get really good. He throws mostly straight punches and jabs. He takes the back foot as a form of defense. He goes for takedowns after catching kicks and likes to look for judo throws in the clinch. On the ground, he looks for ground and pound and keeps the person on the back wasting energy. 
is one of his strong points is his cardio, but he needs to improve his get up game from being taken down. That's going to be going to be a thing to watch for in this matchup. Is is he going to try and take uh, Atlantic down? Because if he does, he's going to have to avoid uh, the submissions. And then if Olenek takes him down, how is he going to handle being down and then getting back up? Because it's not one of his strong points. That's why I feel like this is going to be a stand-up fight. I, like, like I was thinking about maybe going speed back with the unanimous decision uh, victory. But the more I see of it, like I see it sort of like the last fight. But just like you said, you took the words out of my mouth, the – the darkest fight where where darkest was just piecing him up early because there's when he's standing up like he has no chance in the stand up game he has to take his opponent down i feel like Olympics not going to be able to do that now he's starting to show a lot of age he's slowing yeah. down a lot with his pace and i just feel like speedback with his improved striking is going to knock him out i don't think first round but i think he's going to get with the second round knockout yeah I- it's a shame, right? Because Alexi has done a lot for the sport of MMA. Yeah. But again, the the competition is is moving forward. And I would listen if if Sergey Sergey takes him to the ground. Yeah, it's a dangerous position for anybody, regardless of what your ground skills are. Alexi's great on the ground. He works great from bottom. He you know he'll lock in those you know those uh. Von Flu chokes. He gets you in weird, you know, Peruvian necktie. He, he's he, a he master got, submission. He almost got Derek Luce in one before Derek yeah. Luce knocked him out. And I mean, that's the trend for him. But isn't this like you're a soccer guy, right? Didn't Moldova yeah. just have a huge uh, UEFA showing? Didn't they? They yeah. go out there and they they looked real good. I think this is another win for Moldova with Sergey Spivak. I, I, I think, think this, so is a, this is going to be a big big week for Moldova. Me too. So we're both on the same page with the uh, Spivak winning this by knockout. Yep. Yep. But uh, let's move on to the main event of the evening. The The reason that we're talking about this, we got a featherweight matchup on hand in which we have Chan Sung Jung, a.k.a. the Korean Zombie, going up against Dan 50K Ige, whereas Korean Zombie is 16-6 and six and is the minus 105. Uh Underdog, and then you got Danny Gay. He's fifteen and three, and is the minus one fifteen favorite. What do you see in this matchup? Uh, a super close fight, and also an absolute war. Um, Korean Zombie is going to move forward and use his kickboxing to back Ige up to set up for the eventual takedown. We know this. Uh, we've seen this, which I don't think will be super successful. I expect him to keep the fight standing. His chin has been one of his strengths as he's gone to war with guys like Ryan Ortega, Gaia Rodriguez, Jose Aldo, Dustin Poirier, uh, and I expect him to be prepared for another war with 50K Ige. Ige isn't going to back down from an aggressive fighter. He's going, he's, uh, but he's going to use his jab to set up combos and mix in light kicks to prevent the takedowns. He's a well-rounded fighter and can get it done in various ways. But three out of his last, uh, three of his last four fights have gone to the judges. Um, I expect this to go to the judges as well. I expect this to be a absolute bloodbath. It's, uh, you know, seeing Korean Zombie's name up there, you, you get excited as an MMA fan. Because you know this guy leaves his heart, his soul, his body, his mind, everything in the octagon. And he shows out for the fans. It's ama- What's amazing about this is that he's only fought 22 times. 
I feel like I've seen him fight a hundred times, but you know, fighting out of South Korea, there's rules over there um, as far as like the military and he's had to uh, take care of national obligations. Uh, long story short, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm going with Dan Ige by decision. Uh, he hasn't failed me in any of my picks on Cage My IQ. Uh, I know you picked against him when he fought Gavin Tucker. So I'm very curious to see where you go here and who you go with. So uh, let me know. Let me know where you're at. And don't remind me of that pick because Gavin Tucker let me down. He should have got the knockout, but because of his uh, indecisiveness with either going with the 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 strike or the takedown, that's what got him knocked out because he was he was the quicker uh, striker in that. But he he thought about doing the takedown, and that's why he lost. Yeah. But in, in this matchup, you got Korean Zombie. He's from South Korea. He fights out of Pohang, South Korea. He's 34 years old. He is 146 pounds, 5'7", with a 72-inch 72, 72 reach. And he fights out Fight Ready MMA and then Korean Zombie MMA gym. And then you got Dan Ige. He fights out of Halala, uh, Hawaii. He's 29 years old, 145 pounds. 5'7 with a 71 inch reach, and he fights out extreme couture and gym. You got Korean Zombie, he's always moving forward and leaves his hands down to beat the opponent into throwing at him so he can get him with the counter attack. He has a nice uppercut and counter two combination and a stiff jab. He has a smooth transition in the grappling game and uses a wide range of submissions to lock on opponents. He has great pace and a granite chin, and then he has a really good takedown defense. He's prone to leg kicks and tends to get popped off and where the damage incoming increases. And then, it, like he, of course, just like you said before, it, it seems like he's fought a lot more, but he hasn't because of the military uh, uh, obligations that he had. So he had like a two-year gap where he didn't fight before he came back. And then you got Dane Ige who's quick and fast with his hands. He's always moving and likes to throw combinations. His style asks for him to fight in the pocket and attack. He tends to drive through opponents to try to get the takedown and needs to improve ground defense. It struggles against better strikers who can stuff his takedown, and he has knockout power, and then his pace usually slows down later in the fight, which benefits uh, Korean Zombie. I feel like in this matchup uh, – He's, he's going to go for the takedowns because I, they can both stand and trade, but I think for some reason he's going to go for the takedown, and it's not going to work well because Korean Zombie is well-known for his defense. If he tries to do that, it's going to put himself in the situations where he's going to get taken down, and then you can see Korean Zombie get a submission, but I feel like in this matchup they're going to start stand up and trading. I, think it, I, I don't think it's going to end well for uh, Dan Ige because – as you know, Dane Ige, every every time he gets this chance at a limelight fight uh, against good competition, he doesn't sh have a good showing. He just had one with Calvin Cater. Didn't go well. Hey, he lost that fight. And then he, he was relegated to fighting Gavin Tucker, and I thought Gavin Tucker could have finished him had he had, had not made the decisions that he made in the first 20 seconds. But I'm I'm going balls out right now. I'm going first round knockout by Korean Zombie. I think he's wow. going to knock him out. He has the power, and Danny Gay has shown that he can get beat. So I got Korean Zombie first round knockout. Wow. Yeah, you're going balls out. You said yeah, that's wild. 
Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. Uh, I. I don't know. You picking. I'm speechless. You picking Korean Zombie ensures that I'm gonna win this this week again, because Danige is your Achilles heel. You always pick against him, and he wins. That was only I one think time to pick against him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's all that matters right now is it's just one person. So let's let's play our favorite game that we play every okay. week when we talk our fi- uh, finale main event picks. What's next for the winner, right? Because it's usually a ranked guy. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it before with Biggie Boy and, you know, everybody going, uh, who, who did Biggie Boy just fight? Um, Tybora? No, he didn't fight Tybora. Who did Rosenstrike just fight? Oh, Sakai. Oh, uh, yeah. Sakai. And, and guess we, what? And guess, guess what? He's fighting uh, uh, Curse Blades, like I said. It, we both said it. So yeah. what's next for the winner of this matchup? So you have Korean Zombie, he's number four in the UFC rankings. You have Dan Ige, who's number eight in the rankings. Holloway's booked. Ortega's booked. Volkanovski's booked. Cater's booked, correct? Yep. So, you know, is is Korean Zombie going to wait another year and then maybe get the winner of Holloway's fight? Well, you got right here, as you see here, you got he's ranked number four, and then Ige's number eight. Say Ige yeah. wins, um, like... It, like really, it depends on Josh Emmett because he's coming back from injury uh, from his uh, fight against Shane Burgos, yeah. and he he's been, he's been out uh, because of that injury. I I don't see him getting the rematch against Calvin Cater. I could see him fight a Josh Emmett when he comes back because everybody else is active. Max Holloway has Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Brian Ortega has Volk- Volkanovski, yep. and then he, and then he's fighting uh, Korean Zombie right now. So and then he lost to Calvin Cater. So I I, I could see Ige fighting Arnold Allen or uh, Emmett, but I'm gonna go say uh, he's gonna do Arnold Allen. That would be a good matchup for him. Whereas say uh, Korean Zombie wins, I could see a Korean Zombie Calvin Cater matchup. I would love that. Number one, that's what I would like to see. Um, I don't think so. If Korean Zombie wins, I don't think he gets the winner of Holloway and no. Yair. I think that's the, the next title defense. If Holloway, like, yeah. Holloway I, I know we're going to talk about this in the summer, but I think Holloway wins that fight. And I think yeah. he gets the immediate rematch against Brian Ortega because I think Ortega is going to beat Volkanovski. So you have another war right there, right? Yeah, Yair can Yair and Zombie would be great. There's there's bad blood there with that last second reverse elbow. Uh, but Calvin Cater and the winner of this would be great, uh, even yeah. if it is Ige. But if Ige wins this, or regardless of who wins this, you know who I think is going to get the shot? Who? Giga. It's going to take him time to you know, reach that point because he's at ten right now, and then he like I personally I want to see him fake. Edson Barbosa. I want that. Oh my god! I want, the, I want the battle of the leg kicks. My legs hurt right now thinking about that. Like that's a dream matchup right there. Exactly. I think I think Barbosa is going to get Emmett, and I think Giga should get Arnold. Okay. And now uh, everybody's yeah. fought in this calendar year. Exactly. Yep. And yeah, then yeah. you know Dana and everybody can just work from there and try to figure out where to go because like if Ortega loses. Calvin Cater versus Ortega would be good. Yair, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if Ige wins, Ige, Yair. Uh, and it's just based on who, you know, where we fall. But, um, it, it's, you know, it's, again, who wins, right? If 
the yeah. eight seed upsets the four seed, the rankings are all shooken up. If the four yeah. seed beats the eight seed like he's supposed to, then we're back to square one, and then you just have to match six, seven, ten, and nine. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of possibilities in this. That's why I like uh, predicting this because you never know who's going to win, who's going to lose, and then yeah. who's going to get the fight who. But uh, that wrap things up with the UFC Vegas 29 uh, preview with us. Uh, you got anything to say before we get going? No, I just hope I win another week, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I did not feel confident going in this. So uh, if you're watching this and trying to base our picks, all, all, your picks off of our picks, um, go to Odd Jam and figure out what the professionals say. Uh, we're trying, we're trying. Uh, but last week, if you if you took my pet, my picks, you're welcome. Yep. But before we get going, I just want to give a shout out to Active Geek Productions. As you know, yes. last week we made the announcement that Cage by IQ is now affiliated with the Active Geek uh, Productions. Uh, do you want to let them know what you guys are doing right now and what's coming out? Oh Jesus, we are doing a lot. Um, we have Active Geek Podcast every Wednesday is our big episode, hour long, around an hour long. And then on Saturdays, we're breaking down Loki, uh, the new Disney Plus series. Uh, Galaxy Wars, every Monday we do movie reviews, TV reviews. We're also going to be talking about Loki. Uh, we've got this show every single day. Hardest working man in MMA is right here, Dan Bakley. Um, so it's a privilege to have him on our network. And uh, eventually there's going to be a new show announced uh, in the coming months that I'm excited about. But that's just your little teaser there. But we've got a lot of stuff. So if you're geeky and you like crossover stuff, I talk sports, I do include MMA stuff. Um, give us a follow and give us a, a listen. And let us know you came from Cage IQ and we will shout you out in an upcoming episode. Exactly. And then you can also check me out. Uh, I've been doing the Art of MMA podcast uh, with Mike Ginn and Brandon the Mechanic uh, Catino. Uh, he, he is a kickboxer in uh, glory. But uh, you can check us out on there. I've been doing that with them every Wednesday. And it looks like I'll, I'll probably be a regular for the time being on there. Great, great guys. Uh, talking to the fights with them. We go a little bit more detail with not just UFC, but we do uh, Belter and PFL as well, and then do like a nice roundtable discussion on certain uh, topics. So check that out at, at, at Art of MMA on Twitter. And then they also have their website, which you can access from their Twitter page. So go to at Art of MMA and check them out and check me out on there. Uh, as well, trying to get the Cage My IQ brand out and, and branching myself out, out. So check that out. And as always, you can follow us, uh, Cage My IQ out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at the handles to the left. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You know the deal. You know the content that we have on there. Subscribe. Let everybody know uh, about us. We appreciate it. And then that will wrap things up for uh, today. As always, I am your host, D-Bake. This is my co-host, Jim DeLulo. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk Thanks to you guys for watching. later. Thank you for watching this episode of Cage My IQ on the Sports Box. Please remember to follow us on all of our social media outlets. On Facebook, at Sportsbox Show. Twitter at Sportsbox Show, Instagram 
at The Sports Box Show. Find us on YouTube and join Outside the Box, our Facebook sports discussion group. The Sports Box is brought to you by our sponsor, Showcase Sports in Hamilton. Showcase Sports for the elite athlete. And also our friends over at Crowdplay. Download the free Crowdplay app today and use promo code THEBOX at sign up for 10 free points. Thank you for joining us.